life I deserve. Sharing creative ideas, inspirational stories, and fresh perspectives that will empower you to live your life to the fullest. Hi, I'm Jack Canfield, and you're listening to The Life I Deserve by my good friend, Adrian McMillan. This is The Goal Show, brought to you by The Life I Deserve, and me, your host, Adrian McMillan. I am extremely proud to present a very special guest to you today, Christine Monahan. She is a human potential champion. Christine believes that stress is optional. And when understood, it can be utilized to source the next brilliant opportunity in one or multiple life areas. Others describe her as the master motivator and influencer for tapping into solutions for the next best version of yourself. She is a stress solutions consultant, training individuals and organizations to source solutions by shifting their focus from what they don't wanna feel to inspired action for what they do wanna feel. Christine has many successes. Just a few include world-class event production, 80,000 plus attendees, and national revenue-generating promotions. She secured millions of dollars in sponsorship and sales for Fortune 500 companies. She's the creator of a national multi-city human potential series, 300 plus seminars and Indigo chapters bookstores. She's the author Heartbroke, an entrepreneur's journey from near death to possibilities. Internationally profiled podcast host, Christine Monahan. Welcome, Christine. Yay! <laughs> to you. Hey, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, I've known you for probably about a year. Mm-hmm. I have the fortunate opportunity to be in the same mastermind group as you. So I know that you know your stuff. Oh. All right. Well, it depends on the day, but thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you, you continually impress me because you set big goals. You go after those goals. And I never get a sense of stress from you. So I know that you practice what you preach. And I would love for my audience to get to know a little bit about your background. So if you want to just kind of elaborate a little bit beyond the intro. Please. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And thank you. It was a generous introduction and I do get stressed, but we can talk <laughs> about that as we go along. Uh, so I grew up in a very idyllic um, upbringing in, a, uh, in actually Oak Bay, which is in Victoria, BC, and it's in Canada. And I like to refer to it as growing up in a glass bubble. Uh, Because it was really a beautiful, we lived a half a block from the beach. We went to the tennis club. We went to the racket club. Um, We had, I really did have a wonderful, blessed childhood. Um, And my parents are very lovely parents. I have memories of them dancing around and singing and having, you know, all their parties that they would have and everybody all dressed up and eating maraschino cherries off the kitchen counter when I should have been in bed. Um, and it was, it really was a, a fabulous upbringing and, and I was very, very fortunate. Um, and we had, you know, we had everything you could ever want. Um, you know, but below that layer of, and veneer of, of this incredible idyllic childhood, there were some challenges 
that went on, like there are in all households. Um, and I really think that in the end, those challenges really helped me to become who I've become and, and actually offer what I offer in the world. And I was blessed. My, my father was a lawyer and became a judge and a politician. And I spent a week at the Bayshore in Vancouver with Pierre Trudeau, who was then the prime minister and had lunch and went swimming and, you know, really had some incredible experiences um, and was exposed to some wonderful things growing up. Um, mixed in with that were, you know, some challenges within the family and, you know, they are what they are. We all, I think, grew into becoming who we all are, the four kids as a result of that. And I'm, I, I'm just very thankful that I had parents who, who were fortunate enough to allow me to be exposed to some of these experiences and who always told us to go for it. And so we all had a kind of a core sense of self in us that, that really sets you up or doesn't. Awesome. And how did you go from your upbringing into a career in dealing with stress? Right. So, um, you know, without going into the details of, of the story in my own family, because it's really not my story to share. It's one of my parents' stories to share. So I, it's not that I'm being elusive. It's just not my story to share. Um, there was a lot of emotional upheaval and, um, and there was a lot of um, anxiety and worry and whatnot that, that went along with this very idyllic life that everybody felt that we had. And so I didn't set out to do what I'm doing right now, but as I evolved in growing into the next best version of myself, and then as I became an entrepreneur and started working with entrepreneurs, the thing that I noticed that everybody was struggling with that was really the gap between where they were and where they wanted to be was the level of stress that they chose to function and operate on each day. And to that end, really what their thoughts were and what their mindset was. And so it's just evolved into it. And the more I kind of claim my own potential, the more I've claimed, yeah, that's actually really what I want to help others um, to, to master is the sense of you're, you're not your thoughts and you can decide what your thoughts are and your thoughts are going to absolutely dictate and influence what you are or are not able to achieve and what sort of life you live. Right. You know, it's very interesting. You know, I, I grew up uh, and I, you know, I can show like pictures of me growing up where you could tell like there wasn't a lot of money there. We had our challenges but it's interesting, and I would love to hear your perspective on this. We all, you and I, we, we were very aware that everybody has stress. And this mm -hmm. is, you know, one of the things we study in self-development. But it must be interesting growing up in what appears to be an idyllic life. And then, but, but everybody has stress. We know that. We yeah. know there are people who seem to be incredibly successful mm -hmm. at the top of their game. And they still have stress. And when those of us who did not come from that type of life growing up, we go, we sometimes go, why? How, how's that possible? Like, it seems like they have it all. Yeah. And, you know, from the outside, and if you grew up in Oak Bay, everybody knew the Monaghan family. And, 
it's like, wow, this beautiful family and they've got everything and they're like per picture perfect. And, and in a lot of ways to were. And, and again, I, I had a great childhood. Um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of worry and anxiety and, and stress that was, now I look back and it was actually unnecessary, but how do you know what you don't know? So we don't get taught this in elementary school. We don't get taught in high school. We're not taught about, you know, emotional intelligence and how to actually carry yourself in such a way that you can trust in what you're putting out there and that you actually lead from a place of what do I want versus all these what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. And so many spend their days and their lives coming from this place of what if, which is all about fear. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you're in a state of stress, you're not, you're in a state of fear. You're not in a mm -hmm. state of love. You can't be in both at the same time. And so the gift in living with um, the scenario I lived with, and again, I'm not trying to be elusive. It's just not my story to tell is that fear, fear is just, you know, it's just an unnecessary and it's a, it's a habit and, and you can change that worn out habit. Mm -hmm. And in today's society with, you know, you look at politically and advertising everything, it all comes from this fear-based, you know, you got to sign up today or it'll be gone tomorrow and it's only going to cost this today and tomorrow or it's all fear-based. Like most of it is fear-based and that's why so many people are revolting against the media. It's like, you know what? Things are changing. People are going, no, you don't need to feed me fear in order to get me to listen. And so we've kind of as a culture decided that fear is the norm and my whole thing is is stress is not the norm and stress is optional and you're going to experience stress you're going to have stressful things happen but how you respond to it versus react to it dictates or influences what happens next and you know it's like you said well you oh, you never seem stressed i mean this last year has probably been one of the most stressful years for me in probably 15 years. But I've just trained myself to say, okay, when this is going on, whatever it is, I'm going to choose to find the possibility in it. And I am not going to let it take me out. And I have a whole bunch of tools and learning and experience now that, you know, comes from years of discovering this stuff. Right. Um, and so that's what I try and impart with others. And part of that is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get and from all that, then you get to grow into being that next best version of you. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love that you said stress is an option because I've heard so many people, we've all heard so many people say, this is just a stressful situation. That is just a stressful situation. That person caused me stress. Mm -hmm. When really, we know that, you know, Jack Canfield teachings, E plus R equals O, mm -hmm. situations just happen. Events just happen. Things mm -hmm. just happen. And if you want to just assume that that just equals stress, you know, you're missing a huge part. You're missing that option. You're missing... The, the idea, knowing that you have that option, you have the idea, the, the, the opportunity to choose how to process that. Yeah. And yeah. And with that, you, so you get to choose 
whether you, you get to look at that situation, the situation could be very stressful. It's not about pretending it's not stressful, but it's about coming from the place of, okay, it is stressful. What am I going to focus on to get it to where it needs to be? Because if you keep on focusing on the what ifs, what ifs, it just creates more of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's an old habit. It's a, it's, it's, you know, it's an old habit, which is basically a belief that you either inherited or you've somehow along the way created and it's worn out and you need to replace it. So I always say, well, if I'm, you know, like I have this mantra, it's like wonderful things are happening for me today. So if I'm having a particularly challenging day, which Mm. I do just like everybody else, Mm. I'll put my phone on and every 20 minutes, the timer will go off and I'll repeat, wonderful things are happening for me today. (laughs) I might not feel that way, but it's like, well, focusing on what I'm feeling, which is kind of mucky or, or the stress of it, that's not changing anything either. So worry, anxiety, fear, it's just, it's a total energy drainer. It's a complete waste of time. And we can program ourselves to not focus on that and focus on what we do want. I agree. And And I think a lot of people don't realize how devastating stress can be. Like if they decide to process things and turn that into stress and harbor that stress, it's is so damaging in so many ways, our health, our mental health, our physical health. Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. One in four, um, one in four Canadians, I live in Canada. It's probably the same, if not more in the U S um, are experiencing anxiety, fear, depression, some form of mental illness, $30 billion annually is spent on what they call presenteeism. And presenteeism is when, Joe Blow shows up for work and he's so stressed out that he just is physically showing up, but he's not actually there Mm -hmm. um, mentally, physically, or productively. And until companies start to really understand the cost of, of not creating a healthy culture for their employees, then the whole thing, they're just, the might as well just throw the money out the door Mm -hmm. uh, instead of having that employee show up. So it is a huge, huge challenge. And the more everybody just starts to acknowledge it and starts to get the skills so they can respond versus react, like you said, then the more that whole shift takes place. But it's like when I talk to these HR directors who are got like 50,000 employees and I'll do a virtual workshop for them. And my question is always, are you going to be part of the problem? Or are you going to be part of the solution? Are you the HR, the leader? So lead as you want to follow. If you're leading, you know, lead these people as you would like to follow. So are you leading from the place of problem? Or are you leading from the place of solution? Are you going to be part of that problem, which reinforces stress as being the norm? Or are you going to step out and claim being, I'm going to be the leader that says stress is optional and this is what I'm going to do to support and influence my people to have a very different experience. That sounds amazing. I would love to hear about maybe if you could share with us like a case study or two about, um, you know, without revealing any private information, but uh, something 
you know, or some uh, a team or department or company mm-hmm. you worked with, the transformation that you were able to? Yeah, I mean, the transformations are really quite remarkable. And sometimes I have to kind of look and go, wow, is that like... I really influenced that person or that scenario to shift like that. Well, you know, and then I have to kind of claim it myself and go, well, well, you've been doing this training and coaching and learning and experiencing for like 25 years now. So, you know, you got to claim it, which is part of the whole thing. So, you know, I have one individual who is a payroll director of 50,000 people. And the amount of responsibility on this person is enormous. And, you know, just very simple tools. <clears throat> like, I'm all about simplicity. I, I don't want to, you know, no complex diagrams, all that stuff. Like, let's just get down to the basics. So in my master plan process, they create their master plan, and then they have their monthly goal achieving schedule, and then they've got the daily five. And within that, if they follow that, I always say, take Monday morning and make Monday morning the first two hours of your day and focus on what you're going to map out for the entire week um, and get your week organized. And then Friday morning, do the same thing in reverse. Clean up everything that you said you're going to do that you haven't done and really keep yourself on task. And that's how you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. But there's so many stress tools. And what happens is that people... So many people are so afraid. They're afraid to lose their job. They're afraid that they're not going to get their permit. There's all this flipping fear running around that's mm-hmm. running the show. It's like, you got to just pause mm-hmm. and go, I need to make a choice that is not fear-based right now. What is mm-hmm. the choice I would make right now? And I say to my entrepreneurs, if you, if you were a millionaire or if you were a three, four, five millionaire, what choice would you make right now in this situation? And then they'll say, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, that's the choice you need to make. Now you have to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's about your level of belief then in yourself. And it's about, okay, I got to show up for myself. Because if I was, you know, if I did have 10 million in the bank, then I'd make this choice. And I go, that's the choice you're going to make. I love that. And that's uncomfortable, but you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And you and I, we've talked about that over and over again. Right. And so many people, they they think, once I get there, I'll start acting different. I'll start behaving different. I will deal with things in a different way. And I love that you said that. Go, You need to go ahead and do that now. You know, it, yeah. it is not something that will happen once you get there. It's what needs to happen to get there. Exactly, because it's who you grow into becoming when you get there. It's not like, you know, when we do the master the master planning and I have them come up with their goals and, and there's this, you know, it's an interesting, fun process, but it's not about, of course you want to achieve the goal, but it's who you become to get the goal. I always say like, if you were the person that you're going to be, when you get that goal, then you'd already be that person and you already would have that goal achieved. So you, you need to quit focusing on the goal and focus on the person you need to become to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, things start happening and things start falling into place that, you know, wow, I, where, how did that land? How did that <laughs> land? Right. Exactly. And that's when things become fun and magical. I agree. How do you deal with culture? Because I, going into companies, I'm sure I imagine this is something that, is a big factor in what you do and in your Mm -hmm. consulting and your teaching. Somebody may bring you in 
and you go into a company and you start to work with them, but you see there's a culture issue there. And maybe that culture issue, you know, one person brought you in, but the person above that person is actually what's creating this culture. Mm-hmm. And is it possible to yeah. change that from, you know, from, and how do you do that? So my approach, whether it's, you know, an entrepreneur or an HR director or whoever it is, it doesn't matter what level they're at or how many people are involved. I like to live by that, be the leader you would like to follow. So if you've got a challenge with someone who you're reporting to or who is in a place of authority or whatever, however that works, it's like quit focusing on what they're not doing or how they're not showing up for you. Quit focusing on that. Be the leader you want to follow. So if I become the leader that I would like to follow in that other person, I can't help but move the dial towards what is in the highest interest of all. So if I get myself into that situation and I'm doing a virtual workshop and I can tell culturally it's different or there, there's resistance to what I'm sharing, all I can do is show up and share what I actually believe is true and what I know is of value. And I have to detach from how they receive it. They're either going to receive it or they're not. And if they do, great. And if they don't, then that's information for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that every little bit matters. So that culture may be strong, but by you going in there and teaching that group, you've at least planted a seed. You've right. at least gotten people to see that things can be different. And it may spread slowly sometimes, but I think if, if you know, a, a person of you, of your caliber, never comes into a company and starts that change and plants that seed, then it may never change. True. And I have no problem, and I don't know why. I mean, I've got brothers and sisters, and I've always been this way, like since I was a little kid. But I really don't have any problem sharing what my perspective is. I'm not expecting you to agree with me or anybody else to agree with me. That's never been my thing. But I am going to share my perspective if I truly believe that it is, it is the way that I feel is the best way for everybody to move forward. I don't need you to agree with me and you could have a very different perspective, but I'm still going to share my truth. So that's okay. So I don't, I guess in a funny way, I, I minimize my own drama with others because if they have a different perspective, that's okay. You know, if you're going to make me wrong about mine or I'm going to make you wrong about yours, then of course, then there's a bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you look at the divide that's going on right now around the world, um, and especially in the U.S., it's very convenient to say, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get into politics here, but it's very convenient to say it's Donald Trump. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. So you're giving all your power over to this guy and saying that he is the, he is the power of all this. When at the same time you're saying he's, he's an asshole or whatever you decide you're going to say. I'm like, well, that's actually interesting and actually quite funny because you give your power over to him. Exactly. And it, it, it just, it, it's just, it just is not so. The divide has always been there. He's the catalyst or has been. Mm-hmm. to bring the divide to the surface. Mm-hmm. It's still up to each individual 
to decide whether they are going to be an integrity in any given conversation and go, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't agree with it. Or I don't understand. It's very different from my perspective, but I'm open to listening because I might actually get a grain of something that might shift my perspective a little bit. And so if you, the reason I'm mentioning all this is because in a corporate culture, that's what happens. You got, you know, Sally here and she's got her perspective and you got Jim over here and he's got his and they're at odds. And then that influences everybody else being at odds. It's like, why can't they just emotionally have a conversation where they both actually hear each other's perspective and maybe actually take a grain of what each other's saying and go, Hey, you know, I never thought I'm going to actually consider that. Thank you. Exactly. And be okay with it. But that, so that, you know, culturally and corporately that, that's, I think that's the root of all the challenges because it's all about me, me, me and how, you know, it's my way. Right. Right. And we each have to take responsibility for our lives. Yeah. If we take the perspective of there's somebody else to blame, some other department to blame, some other administration to blame, we can always find that source to blame. You know, regardless, you know, that administration can change, that, that, that yeah. leader can change, uh, the culture can change. Well, then it's something else. So, yeah, I agree. We have to take control of our lives. We have to assume that responsibility for actually changing our lives. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lack of emotional intelligence which creates that drama. And the more each individual decides to be the leader that they would like to follow, the more they increase their emotional intelligence, the more that that shifts. I love it. Be the leader that you want to follow. I love that. And I'm sure that some of our listeners are ready to learn more and ready to step up and be that leader. Mm -hmm. So how can they find out more about you, more about your products, services? Sure. They can just go to christinemonahan.com and that's Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N.com. And all my offerings are on there. And um, there's lots of ways to uh, get a hold of me. My Instagram is really um, a great place to get daily hits of wisdom, which is Daily Life Mastery. That's my Instagram account. I love it. Yeah. Daily Life Mastery. Daily Life Mastery. <laughs> It's a good name. I like it. Yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. Well, Christine, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I, you know what? I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I will come back any old time you want me to. Awesome, because I would love to have you back, and I'm sure my listeners would love to have you back. Thank you, and have an amazing day. Thanks so much, Adrian. All right. Bye-bye. Christine shared some very valuable information with us on how to control our emotions. This is imperative to creating the life that you really want, the life that you truly deserve. You must learn to take control of your life. So I have a special free gift for you. Go to thelifeideserve.com slash control to get a simple yet beautiful guide on how to take control of your life. Again, thelifeideserve.com slash control. Thanks for listening. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to live a passionate, fulfilling life. Subscribe so we can take this journey together. A journey of sharing, learning, and growing. A journey to the life you deserve.